Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Ilan Ossendriver is a photojournalist, and his work has taken him to many hot spots, both in our own country and Israel. Much of his work covers events of relevance to the Jewish community. Through his photography, he has become involved in upliftment, heritage awareness projects, and social activism. He takes tours to Soweto, and if you're still planning an end-of-year party or function, he has some fascinating ideas for authentic African entertainment. He joins me now to tell me more. Ilan, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you very much. I just want to point out something. My, my trips aren't uh, tours. They are adventures. And it's a big difference because I take people out to see community and to do uh, different kinds of work with community, but seeing um, how Soweto has evolved and how it hasn't evolved. So it's more of an interaction between us and people. And so that's a big distinction that I always make that I'm not there as a tour guide. I'm there as a photographer, photojournalist that, you know, I covered the apartheid era um, that time. So let's maybe start there, um, Ilan. You started off as a photojournalist here in South Africa during the apartheid years. Yeah, so first of all, I got a degree in journalism for the United States, and I came back here in 1983. I lived in Connecticut. I came back here in 1983, and I used to sneak into Soweto because of those days, you couldn't just go in there. You needed a permit, and I in my radicalness, I could say, refused to have these kind of uh, permits. Why should I go have a permit to go visit a fellow South African? And so I used to see the roadblock, and then I would take my mom's car. She had no idea I was taking her car, but would just drive she around. So, yeah, she knew eventually. I used to tell her I was going to go play pinball. But I uh, used to see the roadblock and used to do a bypass and go park the car and walk around Soweto and... Um, meet people, talk and photograph. And it was just an amazing experience. And I always tell people and myself, I was never scared of the people and mm-hmm. going in there. I was more scared of the police. But the, the people were always amazing and always uh, strange when they see a person, a white person walking around. But, you know, when you start talking and invited. And it was always an amazing uh, experience. And I remember everything, was, I used to see everything in black and white because there was no color that time. Everything was just sand roads and dismal houses. But today, Soweto is one of the most vibrant places I've been to. And I can say that around the world. There's a life there that many uh, us, well, white South Africans or Johannesburgers have no clue what's going on there. And when you get there, you suddenly realize, hey, gee, I've missed this all the time. There's a vibrance that is amazing. The people walking the streets. There's the most amazing vegetable uh, markets from people from Mozambique. And it's just an incredible experience, and that's what I try to show people. So I'm going to come back to your tours in a second, but yeah. just before. So you you were in um, Soweto during the party days, then you left for Israel? Yeah, I decided, um, you know, I was getting quite depressed here. And one of my safe havens here for me was the Ben Susan Museum at the time. There was a house there, and I think it was in Park Town. And I used to hang out there, and the first floor was the museum. Second floor was the library, and I used to read. And um, eventually, one morning, I said, this is it. You know what? As a photojournalist, photographer, where's a good place to go? And I decided I'm going to go to Israel. So at the breakfast table, I said, hey, I'm going to Israel. packed my uh, typewriter and my camera. My typewriter actually swapped in Israel for a 
<laughs> for a six pack of beers. But, and I just concentrated on uh, photography and I joined a photo agency. And I spent 20 years uh, covering everything in Israel and it was the most incredible, humbling experience because, I mean, Israel never stops with news. I mean, no. we see what's happening 24 hours a day, every day. And as a photographer, and since 1984, I made, I went to Israel in 1984 in January and just experiencing everything from the Ethiopians arriving in Israel, which was for me one of the most amazing emotional periods of my time. Well, maybe we can talk about that a little bit because I know you have brought out a book on your photography on Ethiopia as well as a documentary. Uh, the book, yeah, the book is, uh, I was, uh, published quite a few years back already now. It was written by Len Lyons and I did the photography. Adam Dershowitz wrote the forward. And it won a major award in America, the the gold award for the independent publishers of America and in the Jewish world and then in the non-Jewish world. It did extremely well and it's a book I'm very proud of. I've also come out with a book on on Nelson Mandela recently and I've also got a book, uh, short stories and photos of of life during the apartheid era, Hmm. which is available on Kindle. And I'm working and I'm working on a few other books. Just, That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, so I'm working on books on Cliptown, Soweto, and uh, another one is probably, um, do you really want to be a photojournalist in the Middle East? And, uh-huh. You know, with all my stories, and I have incredible stories to tell about being a photographer in Israel, as a, you know, and experiencing unbelievable, uh, you know, instances in life that I can tell you that uh, outside the world of photojournalism, most people would never imagine that these things happen. And you talk about, you know, being a South African in Israel and the Ethiopian community arriving, and it was something that really touched you. And you went to Ethiopia as well, is that correct? Yeah, I've been twice to Ethiopia, and I think that's one of the most amazing countries on earth, and the Jewish influence in Ethiopia is just incredible. Whether you go to the, <coughs> excuse me, the parliament building in Addis Ababa, and you see the star, the Magen David in the walls there, and uh, even uh, the Amharic, the, some of the origins of the Amharic languages from uh, from Hebrew. But um, I went to Gonda, which is in the north part of of Ethiopia. My author and myself, we rented a car and uh, we drove from Addis Ababa, and it's a twelve hour journey going north, and just seeing life, and it was just incredible, you know, going past. A place called Lake Tana, where the Nile begins, and uh, understanding the whole culture of Ethiopia is just one of these incredible countries, so geared for tourism, but not overboard. I mean, you, if you want to find uh, fast foods, you're not going to find it there, but you will find the best, some of the best uh, pizza <laughs> and coffee shops in Ethiopia. And whenever I take guests to Soweto from Italy, I quiz them, and they say, "Ah, oh, no, Milano," and I say, "No, no, downtown Addis Ababa," because if you remember. Out of all the countries in Africa, Ethiopia was never colonized, but they brought in the Italians to build the infrastructure. And so they left behind coffee shops and pizzerias. That's probably got the original kind of… And architecture. Yeah, the thin-based pizza. Yes. Exactly. But what a fascinating land, the music. And if you want to experience it, come with me on one of my photographic trips. Because not only do I do Soweto… But people say, what else can you do? So I do downtown photographic trips in Johannesburg where I can take you for the best Ethiopian coffee with Ethiopians and you'll think you're downtown Addis Ababa, but you're in Johannesburg. Yeah, we are going to talk about your tours right now, Ilan. <laughs> trips, not uh, tours. No, trips. adventures, <laughs> Ilan. <laughs> they are not they are adventures. We're going to talk yeah. about that in a minute. Okay. Um, we're going to take a short break, but just before we do. Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. 
And I'm talking to Ilan Ossendriver, who's a photojournalist, and he takes adventures to Soweto, a place he clearly loves and knows. Ilan, you're talking about, uh, you're comparing Soweto of old during the past eight years, being a kind of a black and white place, to Soweto today. Tell me how Soweto has changed over the years. So... When uh, South Africa became a democracy, one of the first areas the new government at the time, uh, the ANC government, uh, um, began to invest in was Soweto because that was the liberation uh, symbol, the symbol of the liberation, the struggle against racism and apartheid. So they actually started building infrastructure, roads, uh, electricity, water. And I actually think to the expense of many other townships across the country. But it is a vibrant place that... People are smiling, people are playing, people are out there in the streets. A lot of social uh, cohesion between peoples. But on the other hand, the community that I found or or found me somehow was Cliptown. And Cliptown is probably one of the most important areas in South Africa because that's where the Freedom Charter was written. And unfortunately, where I go in my community there, of about 40,000, they have not seen change and they have protested for change and nothing seems to work and it's a town where there's, they steal the electricity they still don't have toilets and they still don't have running water I mean, they have a tap for 40 families and the toilets are outside and so this is how they're living but if you meet the people they're the most incredible people and I've met some amazing South Africans there that uh, should get Nobel Peace Prize for for creating change in their community as leaders I mean, for example, um, this guy named Bob, who's a Rastafarian guy, I actually saw him this morning, where people from King David, the teachers gave me stuff to hand over to the um, his foundation called uh, Soweto Cliptown Youth. They're just doing amazing stuff. And my friend Tando, who's a gumboots dancer teacher, a poet, and speaks seven languages, you know, and these are people that we've become like family, and um, I can go around there. And I just get hundreds of hugs from children because people know me, the children from the kindergarten that I support. And uh, through my uh, trips to Cliptown with people from all over the world, uh, we've changed lives. I mean, yesterday that I received a f- two full uh, soccer kits from people from Holland, uh, from the Netherlands that came on my trip. And I got a photographer from from Washington DC that raised 17,000 rand to build a kitchen for the kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So on my trips, even though it's the people coming as tourists, they they really come with me as what I call myself and what somebody told me what I'm actually doing is called social activism. Right. They're taking my camera and through the medium of, of photography and showing people amazing images to take, we're actually helping people. So it's not the way of life uh, that, or I don't know, put it this way, it's not the life I would have chosen going in showing people and going out again. Mm-hmm. That's not a, that's not my purpose in life. My purpose in life that I've actually just found is basically Well done. Well, thanks. Good. We never know how life goes. You can yeah. never you can never Good tell is to do photography uh, and create awareness for for people that really need uh, help even though they help themselves a lot but they still need that outside world. And, and, and Ilan, you mentioned stuff from King David teachers to to uh, Soweto to Cliptown, but there was also bef- that, pre- that was preceded by Cliptown coming to King David teachers. Is that correct? Was there you're, you're through the gum booting? Do you provide job opportunities? Yes. Yeah, so we have a so I have a um, yeah job opportunities absolutely. So the group KGB they call themselves Cliptown Gum Booters. I'm pleased you. And I have an amazing that. friend called Carol Lela. 
uh, Karen Lee, which you'll probably get upset that I spell, get her name was right and I've known her for years, but she helped me raise funds to get the uniforms for the, uh, for the Clifton Gambudas. And now they perform all over. They perform for Parkshul, Lagba Omen, a lot of things in the Jewish community as well as outside in their own community. So it's, a, it's, it's, there's about 20 and they all dance and they're incredible and, um, and we try to find performances for them all the time. For example, on Chai FM's uh, birthday party, they performed. And for me, that is the most amazing thing because instead of sitting around and doing nothing, they're actually dancing and, and making some money. And uh, and as as we all learn, because I'm not really a businessman, but we're going to set up a uh, a system where they can actually invest in themselves and earn money and put away so that when they're older, they will have some kind of uh, – Funding or, or or money for them to live by, these are things that they've never been told to do and never had before. But also in the same time with me and the community is that I've become a fundraiser, a politician, a mediator, and a, a social worker, even a medic. You know, if somebody gets a cut, gets cut, I take my my first aid kit and I'm working. So I've become all this in the community, and it's amazing to walk around and. Um, and and get loved by a community that three years ago I had not did not know. Ilan, you speak about the fact that so many white South Africans never go into Soweto, and the 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 groups that you take, you 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 say you're not a tour guide. No, you go in there to kind of facilitate almost um, interaction between fellow South Africans. Uh, Yes, and when they come out, they're blown away. They don't know what they what they've missed, but they all become active in helping. So, do you? Um, do you custom make tours? Um, yes, it, it depends on the people. But um, every, I have my set uh, places where I go. I like to show um, the, the kindergarten, the street art in Clifton, and what community is doing for themselves. And also showing where government has totally failed the people, where we can step in and try help. I mean, uh, now with the, the rains we've just had the, now, these the roads in between. It's amazing rain, but for some people, it's a it's a harsh. It's a, it's devastating. You know, we pray for rain, and um, then we when it, for some people it's leaks. It's raining, and some people who have toilets where the toilets just get flooded out, and everything comes up, and we don't realize they're living in a comfort in our comfort zone. So we are recommending you and I that during these holidays we contact you, and sometime we've got a nice holiday coming up. Schools have already broken up. To contact you and make a tour, plan a tour, and come and see. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can't come, then look in your wardrobes, look in your toy uh, boxes. Anything you don't have, just you know, contact me, and I'll, I'll take some to people that really, really need, need it. it. So, can you give me those contact details? Because I see news is about to be read soon. Uh, phone me on zero seven two three six eight nine three double four. Just send me a WhatsApp and. Um, I'll come pick it up, or you can drop it off, and um, that would be a, a, it's actually a mitzvah what you'll be doing by knowing that it's going to children and uh, even elderly that need things that they won't get. Well, Ilan, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, and um, uh, happy Hanukkah, and uh, indeed, thank you very and much. Shabbat shalom.